Well, hello. If this is the first time that you and I are crossing paths, my name's David. Uh, we have a bit of an interesting thing going on that you likely know because of however you and I right now are interacting. You're, you're on a device, a TV, a computer, whatever. We have a, a bit of an interesting moment. Uh, as you know, our church is not in, at physical locations and doing what we normally do and uh, and do you remember the old day where, where you and I would look at tomorrow and kind of make a plan? And we would expect that plan to still be in operation the next day. But you and I now don't even think really a whole lot about tomorrow. It's today. New cancellations or continued cancellations. Uh, there's stuff going on. And so you and I, in a unique way, get to talk uh, about things that are really important. I don't know what's changing in your life across all your rhythms and your routines, but I bet things are changing. I know for us as a family, this whole virus thing, which, do you need me to talk about the virus? I can talk about the virus. Uh, if you haven't heard of this, I don't know what you've been doing. Uh, this, this virus has a lot of people talking about a lot of different things. Some of you right now are going, yeah, this is some political agenda kind of thing. And, and others are like, no, no, we're, we got to be sensitive and make sure that we don't pass this on. Whatever you're thinking, uh, it is a problem because it's changing the game. Uh, so, so here's what I want you to think about. How is it changing your game? For us as a family, again, this is, so we've got going on in our home, let me just bring you to the home, uh, lockdown, right? And so, so my, my wife is an organizer. I love her. I love her very much. And she keeps us organized. And so there is a certain closet that has, I think it's been organized three times now. I think it's like organized, reorganized. And, and, and she'll say, do you, do you like what I've done? And I'm, I'm conflicted. Like, do I lie and say, yeah, because I don't notice the difference. But it, anyways, so she loves to organize, and the house is, I think, as clean as it's ever been. And that's happening. Then, mean, meanwhile, you've got the kids who are uh, kind of doing school, right? They're doing the online thing. And I remember the first day, they're like, they, they woke up, and they got ready to, to do online school, and then the online system crashed. And then they're like, yay, we don't have to. Like, no, wait, we're going to fix this. And so you got all that going on in the home. My, my in-laws, Katie's parents are staying with us, and I love them very much. But it's kind of weird just thinking about, like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Let's go do something. We can't go do something. And seriously, this is weird. This just whatever your opinion is about what cancellations should be playing out and what shouldn't be and how you and I should be reacting to this, we can all say, uh, today's different. And tomorrow, who knows? It's not a fear thing. It's a, yeah, things are getting canceled and we don't know what's really going to still happen and, and what timing it's going to happen. And then we almost on a, on a regular routine are getting, well, these new issued call them decrees or information or helpful tips about what to do. Uh, many of us are, are washing hands better than we ever have. Good job on that one. Uh, my guess is, and I can't prove this, I think we have fewer nose pickers than we've ever had, right? I mean, many of us are like even tempted and we're like, you know what, no, I better not do that, right? There's some good, good hygiene things playing out. 
But the biggest one, the reason right now that some of us are just tuning in for the first time is, is the big one, the social distancing. Now, if you're introverted, this is a dream come true. You're like, finally, all of society has, has gotten into what should happen. But, but if you're in a home and, and you're, you're in the midst of a lot of people who are social distancing, not going to work, not doing other things, it be... <laughs> It begins to stir stuff up. In fact, I wonder, I, wonder, uh, I wonder if in this season, in the midst of you, you know, you and I, we're not supposed to be a certain distance from each other, and we're, we're supposed to make sure all that's not happening. I wonder if it's going well for you, or maybe the opposite. I think many of us, as we read these new rules and this new way of living, and we have no idea how we're supposed to live this way, or how long we're supposed to live this way, I think many of us are feeling like a little bit out of control. Like we don't, we don't have control in all the levers that we feel like we used to have. And it can leave many of us feeling a little uncertain about what to do. And if you're there, if you're right now processing going... You know, I, I used to think about this and plan this and hope for that. And maybe you had things that are getting canceled that you were longing for and hoping would happen. But now you find yourself consumed with uncertainty. Here's what you're seeing and what we're all experiencing. Uncertainty can create a panic. Now, yes, in stores. Right? We, we've, we've seen the in stores part. You may have tried to go buy something and it wasn't there. And that's the, that seems to be the the normal thing we're talking about. But for, for many, it's not the panic in the stores. It's, it's the panic going on internally where we're going, wow, my version of life and what I thought played out and what was standard and good and right. Many of us right now are wrestling with, why do I feel these emotions that I'm feeling? Then you get more and more information. I don't want you to live in panic. Panic is not God's best for you. You know that. Come on, we're, we're South Dakotans or, or we're at least up in the north, right? And we're like, yeah, we don't panic. But then internally we're like, but maybe there's a little. One of, one of the leaders at our local hospital said this, and I, I, think, I think this is good wisdom. Uh, we have no reason to panic. Now, I know some of you are like, yes, we do. No, 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 listen. We have no reason to panic, but every reason to prepare. I, I think that's really, really good wisdom. What if you and I, just, just for a few moments here, were to look at, so what does it, what does it look like for you and I to prepare, to prepare ourselves? And you're like, what, 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 should I, what should I prepare myself for? Well, some, some might call it life. But I don't mean to be a, a doomsdayer. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to paint a picture that adds to any panic or fear. But here's what I know. Here's what I've experienced in life. Uh, bad news shows up uninvited. It just does. Doesn't that stink? Some of you are like... Can you cheer this sermon up, David, just a little bit? Just, just can, can, we, can we go a little bit? No, but we need to deal with this. We, we need to deal with this truth that, that you and I, even if it's not a pandemic, 
Many of you right now, even before this was playing out, were wrestling with and walking you through bad news that you did not send a letter to, an email to, a text to, and say, hey, I'd like you to show up. We don't do that. We don't want bad news. But bad news has this tendency to show up in a rude way and say, you have to deal with me now. And this is why I think it was good wisdom about, we don't panic. We shouldn't panic. When bad news shows up, we should be prepared. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to spend time looking at what that looks like for you and I. So I'm going to take you into a moment that really happened. The moment was about Jesus. Jesus was, was speaking and talking and was with his, let's call him his crew, his disciples. And, and they were engaged in some pretty... Uh, heated moments because what's about to play out after this is Jesus is going to get crucified and many of us know that story so Jesus engages them in the midst of well what he knew was uncertain times let me walk you into the story uh, here's what he here's what he says to them I am leaving you with a gift I mean, yeah it just just the Fill in some blanks. Yeah, he's going to be crucified. He's going to die. He's going to leave them. I am leaving you with a gift. Well, gifts are awesome. Uh, peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. Yes, please. I would like, you would like that if that was for sale at stores, sold out fast. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. Hmm. So don't be troubled or afraid. Peace of mind? Come on. I mean, now, now, he's saying some things because he's, he's trying to put in front of them, like, hey, I've got a gift for you. This is going to be absolutely awesome. And, and, and they're, they're excited about this. I wonder if you want this. What if, what if, what if peace of mind? Just think about what you're walking through, talking about, thinking on. What, what's going to play out the next week, two weeks, next three months, four months? Or maybe it's not pandemic-related. Maybe it's relationship-oriented, marriage-related, uh, uh, what your future looks like, whatever. How about, how about peace of mind? Whew. Yeah. So here, he keeps talking. I don't have much time, much more time to talk to you. At first, he's like, I got, I got peace of mind for you. Yeah. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. If you've never read this in the Bible or if this is new to you, let me, let me bring up something that many of us might know, but maybe we don't. The, the ruler of this world, well, he says here, he has no power over me. He He's talking about the devil. He's talking about Satan. He's talking about evil. Just if you want to know like, what's, what's going on. I don't have much time, much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches, the threat approaches. Uh, he has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that, that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. <laughs> okay, let me, let me help you understand what just got said. Hey, I, I'm leaving you a gift. I, I'm gonna give you peace of mind and heart. They're like, that's amazing. And then he quickly moves into, so I'm leaving you. The devil's showing up. Yeah, let's go. I mean, it's, it's like someone saying, I got peace of mind for you. Um, here's the worst news ever. 
That's what he's doing. This, that you should take this and plug it right into your life right now. If you've, if you've ever gotten bad news, pre-bad news, if someone said, hey, I've got peace of mind, that sounds awesome, and then they delivered to you bad news, you would find some sort of just conflict of thought going on. So I think he senses it. I think when Jesus says, hey, yeah, uh, so we don't, I don't have much time. Um, the bad guy's coming, and hey, let's go. <laughs> I think he says it, and he senses the uncertainty that immediately sparks in their minds. I bet you've sensed it. I think you're perceptive, probably. You, you, you've, you've, you've sensed the uncertainty now not just in our region or our state or our nation, but our world. There is a sense of uncertainty. Some of you right now, and I get this, you don't know if you're going to make it financially. You don't know if your business is going to be able to manage this. You don't know if the bills that show up in a month or so, if you're going to be able to actually tackle those bills. You don't know how graduation is going to work for you or prom or, come on. Can we all admit that most of us have something unfolding in our lives and, and it's a little bit of, what? I, need some, I need some hope here. I think Jesus sensed it just like you do. And so then Jesus offers something so amazing. Here. He's like, you appear to be freaked out. He doesn't say that, but I'm just saying, I see it in your faces, right? So I am the true grapevine. Like almost like, hey, let's go. We need to get going. Oh, you look scared. Pause for a second. Guess what? Let me help you out. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. I mean, why are we talking about, why are we talking about grapevines and gardeners? It's like you just said like the bad guy's coming and you're about to leave us and oh no, gardening grapevines sometimes we read the bible and we're like oh yeah i totally get it uh it's mm -hmm. i don't but i don't i no to pass on uh to people that that jesus really loved he wants them to have peace of mind and heart and he notices that's not landing and perhaps already over social media or those you've heard leaders and people post even just like good, helpful things like hope, you'd be positive, things are good, and you're like, it's not landing. Ever had that? Someone gives you like, hey, keep it up, head up, and you're like, I'd like to, but I don't feel like it. And then Jesus is trying to offer you, and I hope, and he says, oh, I got hope for you. Hey, I'm the great buy. Well, let me teach on this, okay? Be willing to learn. Can you, will you please, please be willing to learn something in this moment that, that maybe you didn't know, but I want to teach you something that is even, even new to me. Here, here, here's a word. This big, big word. Viticulture. Yeah. Okay. Some of us, come on. Think viticulture. Here's, this, this is about the process. This is the, 
the growing of grapes in, in, in essence. This is when people talk nerdy, not just like, hey, I like grapes, where do I go buy grapes? The people actually growing this stuff and involved is called viticulture. Huh? So now you know this. Now there is a word used in the midst of viticulture, in the midst of growing grapes. When Jesus says he's the grapevine, you need to know the deep undertones of what's playing out. Let me give you some definitions to this. Terwar. That doesn't say terror, by the way, if you're like, why are you using that word right now, Pastor David? Uh, no, terwar is, the, is, and here's what it means, sense of place. This is a common word in, in viticulture where, where when, they, when they engage the concept of, of planting uh, what will eventually be grapes and having this vine play out and all this kind of stuff, it's where it's planted, the factors that impact the personality of the fruit. It's not just what, what hole do we dig to put the vine and plant it and seed and have it grow up. Oh, there's, there's all of these factors all around it from, from yes, the soil, to, but also how it's facing the sun to the water, the climate. There's this environment. Think environment. When you're going to grow, if you ever decide, you know what I want to do? I want to have a vineyard. All right? Then you need to pay attention to all of the factors that eventually produce what you and I would know as grapes. Now, I know you want this. We want this. And, and it doesn't, I'm not talking literally, but you probably have hopes and dreams in your life, things that you've been going after, even, even in the recent like times and, and maybe a distant future, but, but you've got things you want to have happen. Jesus wants us to understand that we need to pay attention to what we're in, what we're surrounding ourselves, all the factors. So let me, let, let's nerd out a little bit more. When Jesus said he was the vine, that's not what they had heard before. If you were to go back, back, back in history, uh, there was a time that what you and I know as the people of Israel were, were in slavery in, in Egypt. They were in slavery, and, and God frees them. And in the process of freeing them out, he, he sends them to, and he gives them this promise. In fact, it's even called the promised land, but it would be this environment, this turwar, this, this place that they could plant down and thrive in. And so for, for years upon years upon years upon years, Israel was known as the vine, and they would be in this promised land known as this place where, where what they wanted to do in life, this, this thriving environment, God was going to give it to them. In fact, let me show you some places in the Bible that even speak to this. Here, here. This is in Psalm 80. Turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us, only then will we be saved. You brought us from Egypt, I just told you about this, like a grapevine. You drove away the pagan nations and transplanted, like a vine, us into your land. You cleared the ground for us and we took root and filled the land. Our shade covered the mountains. You're seeing this vibe here. Our branches covered the mighty cedars. We spread our branches west to the Mediterranean Sea. Our, our shoots spread east to the Euphrates River. You're seeing that for years upon years upon years, Israel was considered this vine living in this turmoil, this environment where they could thrive. In fact, here, let me take you to another place. One more. Hosea says, how prosperous Israel is a luxuriant, luxuriant vine loaded with fruit. 
over and over and over and over again. Israel was referred to as this vine and this environment was the biggest deal. They were thriving. Hmm. I wonder if right now, I wonder if you feel like you're thriving or maybe it feels like the opposite. Or maybe it feels like life isn't just full of like awesomeness or, or at least there's uncertainty. So here, the disciples who were hearing Jesus talk, and he begins to say, you know, you look pretty stinking scared. You, you look like, uh, like you're wrestling with some stuff. And he says, okay, I have some help. I'm the vine. They would have known what the vine represented. And so he goes into more detail. And this, this is helpful. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. I think this is where a lot of us are uncertain. I'm just going to bring it up right now. I think a lot of us right now are questioning, wondering if the fruit we were hoping for, if, if, if the, the hopes, the dreams, the stuff that we were in, maybe in process of working for, maybe you're saving, maybe business was having a decent year, maybe, maybe your plans of the future, yeah, I got this, Look, will produce much fruit. For, for apart from me, you, you can do nothing. Hmm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a pretty bold statement. He's not saying literally nothing. He means you can't, you can't do what you're designed to do apart from me. If, let, me let me tie some things together. Here's exactly what Jesus did talking to his disciples at the Last Supper saying, hey, this is a big deal. Jesus moved the vine from a place to a person. You need to know this. This, this applies right now to any bit, any ounce of uncertainty that you have. Jesus took the vine and said, I know we've been location, 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 place, 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 no longer. He says, now the vine is me. Now it is me that you can flourish through. You need me I am that. In the midst of your uncertainty and thinking what's going to play out, you and I are going to be tempted to lean into things that we think will give us what we want. You need to be careful with that. Let, let me translate what I just said to you. Our connection to Jesus is our connection to purpose. Jesus saw in the faces of people that he loved dearly when he says, hey, um, the devil's about to show up and, and I'm about to leave you, and they, be, you, they begin to stir up and think all the fearful thoughts and the how's this gonna play out? I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I'm not sure how. He says, all right, all right, here's what you do. Here's what you do in the midst of this. You need to stay connected to me. Because he knows what you and I want. Again, he knows that you and I want this kind of a life. You're normal. You, you, there's, there's blessings in your life that you want. Call it fruit. The Bible ta talks about fruit. You want things in your life. Whatever it be, make your own list, right? It could be certain relationships, people, things like that. It could be a job. It could be finances. It could be achievement. It, you, just, you got your own list. And I'm telling you, our connection to Jesus is our connection to purpose because your purpose is for you to thrive. God did not make you to just be in existence. 
He gave you a purpose. And that is what many of us are questioning right now. Do I still have purpose? Do I still get to get there? Is there, is there still a possibility for fruit? So here's where I'd like to turn. We're receiving regularly, right? Hey, do this with your life. Don't do this, 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 and there's mandates. Let's go back to close where we started, that social distance stuff. Here, here's the wisdom that I think Jesus wants us to have. As we live socially distant, because that's what we're doing right now, and we don't know how long we're gonna do this. Uh, as we live socially distant, don't get spiritually distant. Let, let this resonate, because I don't know, I don't know what you're thinking or what you're processing, but I know this applies to me, it applies to you. All of us need to hear this. That in the midst of us looking at our social life, the, the distance we're supposed to keep and, and, and how we're supposed to hang out with people, not hang out with people, and there begins to be, listen, just watch me, this retreat. There begins, we're, told, we're being told to retreat, to, to pull back a little bit. And the problem is many of us are nearly quarantined in our homes. And as we are socially distant, we're creating a new problem. Or maybe it was pre-existing. In fact, Jesus addressed this in this whole vine talk. Look what he says. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Now I know some of us are like, things just got real. <laughs> what resonates with me is that word, withers. I wonder if you've been feeling that. I don't know. I know I've had days where I felt withered I felt like uh, there was such a disconnect that just didn't feel as strong or as hopeful or, or my, my dreams weren't as bright. I wonder what this season that we are in, a season like many have described that we've not ever experienced in this generation. Do you feel useless? Do you feel withered? Do you feel like you're, you've been thrown away by society and you're like, what do I do? What do I do? And to complicate this, we've got to rise out of this. I, I read something that a professor wrote about what's playing out right now, and I, I think this is worth sharing. Uh, there, there are secondary non-economic and non-health related effects to mask cancellation. Some of you are like, amen. No, watch, watch. Take away church. Take away sports and entertainment. Take away schools. Take away colleagues and workplaces. Take away travel. Take away friends gathering with friends. Isolate people in front of their screens. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. Isolate people in front of their screens with, with only their anxieties to keep them company. And do this for an extended period of time. I'm, I'm not sure if we we've really calculated the emotional and social cost of such an experiment. Some of you may not be feeling what I've tried to describe, but the more socially distant we remain and the longer we remain, 
you will likely begin to feel it. In the midst of this isolated new season, some of us have a danger. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But maybe we also have an opportunity. Here, here, here's the crux of this. Distance from a virus is helpful for those of you who did not know that. Distance from a virus is helpful. Distance from the vine is deadly. Distance from Jesus is deadly. Whatever your worldview is, whatever your perspective is of of hope and salvation, don't get distant from Jesus. And right now, you and I, although it seems weird and awkward and families are maybe at wit's ends with each other and you're, and you're maybe feeling lonely, maybe even depressed and, and full of anxiety, you're like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do in this? Do I just wait it out? No. In this conversation, as Jesus was engaging uncertainty in the lives of his disciples, he passed this on. This is big. When you obey my commandments. Okay, if you're already asking, okay, okay, okay. So Jesus is the vine. I'm supposed to stay connected to him. He's my purpose. Uh, Pastor man, preacher man, like walk that out for me. I don't know what that means. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Right here, he begins to spell out what you and I can do no matter where we are in this world. No matter where we are. Here's the first one. Apply what Jesus says. He just said that. He said, obey my commands. Apply what Jesus says. What do you do right now? Quarantined or, or di- disconnected, distant from people. You're like, what do I do with my days? If, if you're at home or whatever you're doing, what do I do? You apply what Jesus says. You might be like, well, I don't know what he says. Ah, I got an option for you. Now that many of us find time on our hands, what if you as a family... Right, yeah, I don't know what Jesus, we don't, we don't. what if you opened up your Bibles once a day and out loud read to whoever you live with uh, a portion of one of the Gospels? Let's start in Matthew. In your Bible, if you open up your Bible in the middle and start going to the right, you're going to find a place called Matthew, a book called Matthew, what, and it's all about Jesus. What if you just started reading each day that you and I are, are socially distant from the world? What if you and I just began to read a little bit about Jesus? I'm not telling you how many verses to read or chapters or, no, 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 no. Just start reading out loud, and when you land someplace, that maybe you're like, let's land here today, okay? Then the next day, pick it up, and whoever you live with, if it's just by yourself, begin to do it. I would suggest you even read out loud. Begin to see the life of Jesus written out in the Bible and apply what he says. We even have resources as a church. If you're familiar with Fountain Springs Church, you know we've talked about Right Now Media. If you're like, I don't know what Right Now Media is. Go to our website, go to our app, and you'll begin to learn that there are studies taught about explaining the Bible and different specific things about the Bible and God. And and you can begin to just watch these Bible studies. They're they're awesome and they're free. Maybe that's, you begin to learn what Jesus says and apply it. But I don't think that's the only thing that Jesus said on how to stay connected. It's not just applying what he says. Let's go a little bit further. Love. Love like Jesus loves. 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I'm going to harp on this just for a second. Yes, you and I have both experienced the selfishness of society. Frankly, many people have gone to stores and purchased more than they ever would need. What if you and I said, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go, I'm going to buy maybe a little bit of what I need. I'm going to walk this out slowly and I'm going to leave some for others. What if you and I were to, to look at the people that we're living with, whether you like them or not? <laughs> what if you and I began to, to love each other in this season? What if you and I got over some of the hurts and the woundings that we've experienced with those around us and say, you know what? I know we got some things to resolve down the road, but I'm going to love you right now because this is how I stay connected to Jesus. I'm going to love you over and over and over again. What, what if you and I did that? And what if in the midst of this we began to be better neighbors, Right? Love like Jesus loves. You want to stay connected to Jesus? Love others. When you post stuff on social media, you don't have to post how the world's ending. You can post encouragement. So let me, let me leave you with a couple questions. I want you to walk this out. I mean, wherever, whatever setting you find yourself in right now, I think you've got time to walk a couple questions out. One is, how will you stay connected to the vine? In this season, but maybe that's not even go beyond the season. In this season, how are you going to stay connected to Jesus? I've given you a list of options, but you're innovative. You'll be able to come up with, with ways to stay connected to Jesus. Maybe, maybe it's what I didn't let, maybe it's some music that you just start to play around your house or, or in your earbuds, whatever it is. Maybe, though, you would consider saying, I'm going to intentionally, this might be something you want to discuss with each other. If you're watching this with others and you're like, hey, let's talk about this as a group. How are we going to stay connected to Jesus in this? But, but maybe some of us are like, wait a minute, uh, Pastor, you, you kind of jumped over me, right? Are you connected to the vine? Maybe that's where you, you're like, wait a minute, I don't know much about Jesus. I haven't spent much time with Jesus. I haven't. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I want to join you. I want to walk with you. If you've never invited Jesus to come into your life, if you've never decided to say, you know what, I, I want that peace of mind and heart, that hope and that joy, and so I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to live with Jesus the rest of my life. I'm going to, I'm going to learn what he's taught, and I'm going to surrender my life and go after his way, not my own. That's how you get connected to the vine. In fact, here, let's end our time this way. Wherever you're at, would you, would you bow your head and even close your eyes and just focus? If, if you've never connected to Jesus, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. So here, I, I'm going to pray. You, you're welcome to copy the words that I say or add in some of the ones that you just feel that you want to say. But you can just speak this out loud or, or silently, whatever you want. Let me help you. God, um, we live in uncertain times, and I know, God, you know all about it. God, I want to give you my life. In the midst of the world being in a sense of crazy, God, I don't want to live in that. I don't want to be full of anxiety. So, God, I, uh, I want to hand you my life. I surrender my desires, my will. And God, I give you my life and I'm gonna follow you. Would you forgive all my sins? And would you consume every corner of my life? I wanna be connected to you.
not to the fear of this world. I want to be connected to you. So God, would you now guide me the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit. Empower me. Lead me. And God, would you help would you help us rise above and beyond the fears that we see out there? Thanks for not leaving us ever, God. We love you. It's been wonderful to meet with you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.